Come on, Revive Cleveland, stand to your feet. Let's give it up for Pastor Rick Pena. Come on, let's give God some praise all over the sanctuary. You have amazing pastors. This family is a, come on, put your hands together. The Lopez family. But not only are you supporting them, you're supporting God and the mantle that's on this house is also on your house. And so the very same anointing rests upon your house. And so as, as this church goes higher, you go higher. Put, give God some praise for that. Hallelujah. Let's pray. And so I have a lot to say, but let me just, let's just get ready for the word. Father, we thank you for this moment. I give myself over to you. You speak through my vocal cords. You think through my mind. You operate through my limbs. None of me and all of you. I yield myself as a human conduit of the divine. There's a level of wisdom that would flow through my lips that did not originate in me. Divine wisdom flows this morning. Eyes are anointed to see. Ears are anointed to hear. And hearts are anointed to to understand whenever you can see the word hear the word and understand the word of God you can be changed by that word that you see here and understand so this word goes forth with clarity of speech and understanding it goes forth unhindered and unchecked by any satanic or demonic force it will accomplish those things that it's sent out to do it will prosper in every heart in which it is sown and I declare that every person under the sound of my voice those that are watching online they will never be the same in Jesus' name, give God some praise one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Listen, what Pastor Andres was sharing is that, you know, uh, first of all, half of the time uh, when people come up to me, um, and, and no, I, I wish I could tell you that I remember that, but I don't. And half the time that people come up to me and say, oh, my God, Brother Pena, at the altar uh, at this time, you said this. You remember when you said that? I'm like, no, I don't. And so, so uh, because it's not, so when you give yourself over to God to be a human conduit of the divine, it's not you, right? So it's not, it's not, so it's not you. And, so, and because it's not you, then a lot of times I honestly just don't remember because it wasn't me. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, this was a preacher from the uh, 19th century. He said this, well, he said, I do not begin to, to know anything about preaching except on those occasions in which I am the orator, but it's almost like a I'm a spectator. He says, I'm standing up, but it's like I'm sitting down. He says, I'm transmitting, but it's like I'm receiving. It, it, and there's this consciousness that is outside of me, and it is only on those moments that I realize that I'm merely but an instrument and a vehicle and a channel of all of this. What I'm saying is that when you give yourself over to God as a human conduit of the divine, and he speaks through your vocal cords, and he thinks through your mind, and he operates through your limbs, and you can say like Jesus said, in John chapter 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The words that I speak, they're not my words. The work that I perform is not my work. It's the Father who lives in me. He gives me the words and he performs the work. When you live like that, as you give yourself over to God, there's nothing you can't do. There's no place you can't go. There's, no, there's nothing you can't actuate. There's, there's no experience that you can't handle. You, why? But, but, but it won't be you doing it. You got to be okay with the fact that it's not you. 
So that when the accolades come, so that when, when the applause comes, you are quick to deflect the glory right back to God. And when, as long as you deflect the glory, watch this. When God finds a man, when God finds a woman that is willing to give him the glory, when God finds a man, when God finds a woman that is willing to make sure that everybody knows, I'm not a self-made man. I'm not a self-made woman. I didn't pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm a God-made man. Whenever God finds somebody like that, there's nothing that God, there's no platform that God won't give you because you're going to give him all the glory all the time. Say amen to that. So I'm not a motivational speaker. <laughs> motivational speakers, they talk about the power of I. Say I. And motivational speakers talk about I cantations. No, no, what I say is I can do nothing. I can do nothing, but in him, I can do all things. And so, so it's not about me. It's all about him. Say amen to that. Amen. Amen. So listen, uh, uh, as I was uh, just listening to you, Pastor Andres, even with, in what you were saying, uh, and then this lines up perfectly with the word for this morning. As I was praying about what to share with you today, what the, the word that God gave me was, it's from Galatians 5 and 6. And the Lord told me to share with you that faith works by love. Say that. Say faith works by love. And so the, the, the thing is that for us to live by faith effectively, we actually have to get to the point where we, where our faith is rooted and grounded in God's love for us. Where our faith is actually not based on us or our performance or our goodness or our perceived level of goodness. Where our faith is actually based and rooted and grounded in the fact that God loves us with this unconditional, limitless love. That God loves us so much that God wants to bless us because God wants to bless us because God is good. Not because you're good, but because God is good. Say amen to that. And so, so when you get to that point when you realize that our God is a good God, that God wants to bless you. And then religious people get really upset. When you say stuff like that, I remember uh, Dr. Oral Roberts, uh, he, he, he was one of the first people preaching the gospel on television. He was on television in the 60s, and, and he ended his broadcast by saying, something good is going to happen to you. And all the religious people got upset. They was like, why you say that? How you know that? How can you say that? You're, where, where are you basing that at? Give me some script. What is wrong with you? Like, I mean, like, listen, the goodness of God causes people that are not focused on the goodness of God to be upset. God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. And so when you open up your heart to the love of God, then you realize that as you start walking with God, because we're called and commanded to walk and live by faith, that when you start walking with God, it's really a love walk. And it's not your love towards God is really God's love towards you. And so that, that you realize that nothing can separate you from the love of God. You realize that nothing you do. Say this. Say this. This, this will help you. Say this. Say, I am righteous right now. Say, I'm not righteous because of what I do. I'm not righteous because of what I fail to do. I'm only righteous because of what Jesus did. Like, you got to get that down in your heart. I am righteous. I'm the righteousness of God, but I'm the righteousness of God by faith. I am who I am because of Jesus, not because of me. And so, so, so Jesus loves me. Jesus blessed me. Jesus made plans for me from the foundations of the world. My life is all about him. My life is a journey of discovery. I am here just to discover. And listen, my purpose cannot be decided because God decided before I was born. And so, so my purpose must be discovered. And so my, it becomes a journey that I have to 
find it, say find it. Then follow it, say follow it. Then finish it, say finish it. Then I got to finish it before I die. Acts 13 and 36, I shared it with the men's conference this weekend. The Bible says, now when David had served God's purpose for his own generation, he fell asleep. Now when David had served God's purpose, when David served God's purpose for his own generation, he didn't die because he was sick. He didn't die because he was old. He died because he was done. And David, listen, people see Jesus in the new covenant where Jesus gave up the ghost. He's not the only one that gave up the ghost. There was even people in the Old Testament that when they were done, they gave up the ghost. That's how I'm going to go. I'm going to go when I'm done. And until I'm done, Satan and nobody else can take me out. Say amen to that. The enemy's poison cannot stop my purpose. And so there's a level of, listen, this is how I become unstoppable. You want to know the key to being unstoppable? When God is on you and in you and with you and for you. When, when God is moving through you, when God is speaking through your vocal cords, thinking through your mind, and operating through your limbs. When you are a human conduit of the divine. When, at that point, stopping you would mean stopping God and God cannot be stopped. So say, I'm unstoppable. When I walk by the grace of God, when I live by the grace of God, I actually become unstoppable because I, I know that stopping me would be stopping God, and God cannot be stopped. And so, so I'm talking about the fact that faith works by love. Let's understand faith for a minute. Now, we are, well, I teach a lot about the grace of God. My mantra is the grace life, but we're not called and commanded to live by grace. We're called and commanded to live by faith. Right, so those of us that are born again, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that we were saved by faith. Now, we were saved by grace, but really we used our faith to receive the grace of God. So we were saved by faith. Say saved by faith. Then 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is natural sight. I'm not going to teach on that because, you know, that, that's a whole other thing. But I'm going to just give you that for free. Anyway, so, so, so we were saved by faith. Then we walk by faith. Then the Bible says we live by faith. Four places in the Bible. Uh, Romans 1 and 17, Galatians 3 and 11, Hebrews 10 and 38, Habakkuk 2 and 4. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2 and 4 says the just shall live by his faith. You can't live by your cousin's faith. You can't live by your mama's faith. You have to live by your own faith. Say, I am the just and I live by faith. So we're saved by faith, we walk by faith, we live by faith, we fight by faith. 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says, we fight the good fight of faith, right? James 5 and 15 says, I pray the, pray the prayer of faith. The Bible says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. So I'm saved by faith, walk by faith, live by faith, pray by faith, fight by faith. 1 John 5 and 4 says, I overcome the world by faith. And so this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So I'm doing all of this by faith, but my faith will never be strong if I don't understand that faith works by love. First John, uh, uh, no, John 1 and verse 14, the Bible says that the word became flesh. This is, this is John 1 and 14. The word became flesh and we were able to behold this glory. This is talking about Jesus. The glory of the only begotten of the Father who came from the Father full of grace and truth. In verse 17, the Bible says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, so now the reason why I quote John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17 is because I want to differentiate the old covenant, say old, from the new covenant, say new. 
under the old covenant, the law was given by Moses on tablets of stone. But, but when it came for grace, grace wasn't given. Grace came in the form of a person, and his name is Jesus. And so grace came in the form of Jesus. So, so Jesus ushered us into this, this covenant of grace. Under the old covenant, this is why you got to understand the difference between the old and the new. The, under the old covenant, the spotlight was on man. Say man. And the emphasis was on man and man working for God. The purpose of the Old Covenant, if you read it, especially in the book of Galatians, the purpose of the Old Covenant was to get man to the end of himself. The whole purpose of the law was to show us that we're not good enough. The whole purpose of the Ten Commandments, that's why the Bible calls the Ten Commandments the ministry of death. It was to show you that you're not good enough and under that you deserve to die. Say amen to that. Like, dog, that's what he said? Yes, that's what the Bible says, by the way. And so, so, so under the law, the, the spotlight was on man. Say man. But under this new covenant, the spotlight is not on man. The spotlight is on God. Say God. And so under the old covenant, it was about man and man working for God. Under the new covenant is about God and what God has already done for us. And so, so there are plans. The reason why, Andres, I could say what I said to you in the spirit. Now, it wasn't me saying it, it was the Holy Ghost. But the reason why I could say it is because God already saw it. Okay, come here for a minute, Pastor Andres, if you don't mind. Stand right here on this black line and, and look towards that wall over there. So let's, let's imagine for a minute. That that wall over there signifies or represents the day that Andres was born. Say born. That wall over there signifies or represents the day that Andres will die. Say die. Thank you, Jesus. There's more on this side than on that side. Right? All right. <laughs> Hallelujah for that. So, so the thing is, when God looks at you because God is God and God is in eternity and you're in time, so you live your life within the continuum of time. And so in time, there's a, there's a present tense, there's a past tense, all of that. But God is up here in eternity. God is not in time. God cannot be limited by time because how could he be limited by something that he created? And so, so just like God is in every place at the same time, God is in every time at the same time. Let, let me explain what I mean. I can't give you a... Listen, when I left the hotel this morning, I, God was with me in the hotel, but at the same time, God was at Revive Church. But, but then I got in my car, and I drove to the hotel. And when I was in the car driving to the hotel, God was with me in the car, but he was still at the hotel, but he was still at the church. And so, so I can't give you a grid coordinate where God is, because there is no grid coordinate where God is not. God is in every place at the same time. Say amen to that. And so, so, so God doesn't have to go anywhere to be everywhere. Say amen. All right, so just like God is in every place at the same time, God is in every time at the same time because he's outside of time. So in eternity, what happened, Andres, that moment was that God in that moment revealed something to me and took something from over here in your life, and then he put it in my heart, and then I released it over you over here. Now, what happens with God is that God speaks it, and whenever God speaks a word, the reason why it sounds like, say it sounds like, the reason why it sounds like it's going to happen right away is because God is in every time at the same time. So for him is always now. Because God speaks from the position of the eternal now. But for you, remember, a thousand years are like one day with the Lord. So for you, it may not happen for five days, five weeks, five months, five years. But God, for him, when he said it, it sounded like it was now. 
Because for him, it's now. He sees everything at the same time. So when God looks at you, Andres, he sees you. He sees, watch this, everything that you're going to do. He sees, watch this, your children and your children's children. God is working something in you that your grandkids are going to walk out. God is working something in you that your grandmother prayed for. That I'm talking about this is God is big. When you understand that, it changes the way we look at faith. So faith then can't be about what you want. Think about what I just said. If God already made plans for you from the foundations of the world, if God calls the end from the beginning, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 and verse 15, read that when you get a chance. The Bible says everything that is has already been. Everything that will be has already been. God is seeking that which has passed by so that history or his story can repeat itself. What God is looking for in your life right now, Pastor Andres, is what he already saw. And when he doesn't see what he already saw, he says, Andres, where are you? He says, you're out of alignment. So, so your, your life, your faith cannot be about what you want. Faith then has to be about what he wants. Faith then has to be this journey of, okay, God, if you already mapped out my life, if you already made all the plans, can you please show it to me? Faith then has to be about, God, show me what you already gave me from the foundations of the world. Show me glimpses. That's why you see glimpses of you doing something you haven't done yet. That's why you go into your prayer closet and you can see it. And it's like, oh my God, that's good. And you can see yourself operating on that level or running that business or singing that song or speaking to those people. And you're like, man, that's awesome. But then you come out of your prayer closet and then you got to deal with these people. And it's like the earth hasn't caught up with it yet. And you go into your prayer closet and you see something and then you come back and you're like, mm. And so, so what happens is to live by faith, you have to live down here with the revelation that you're getting from up here. And so I would rather be in sync with heaven and out of sync with people down here in this world like Jesus was than the other way around. When you really live by faith, people are not going to understand you. Because when you're really living by faith, you're living off of an alternate reality. And it's the reality that God shows you about you and then, then, you, then you have to grasp and, and, and fight uh, these thoughts of, God, why would you want to do that with me? I don't know about you, but I, I grew up, uh, uh, I'm, my, I'm the first of my family born in the United States. Thank you, Pastor Andres. I'm the first of my family born in the United States. And so, so, so um, uh, I, I, I'm a son of immigrant, uh, two immigrant parents from the Dominican Republic. I grew up in East New York. Hey, all right, DR in the house. Dominicano soy. All right, so... Uh, uh, Thank you. That was the Lord. Oh, no. All right. So, but, but, but I grew up on welfare and I, and I hated buying stuff with, with, with uh, food stamps. And, but because I did, I, I had this poverty spirit and my wife grew up with no running water, no electricity, and she had a poverty spirit. And when we come to God, God would show us stuff about us and he would show us the plans that he has for us from the foundations of the world. And we would question why would you want to do that with us? Like, who are we? Like, like what? Like, like, are you for real, God? And we fought against God, and it took a long time because you got to think like God thinks. You have to believe what God believes about you. 
This is this why this is why sometimes it's hard to minister to people because they, they they've been so conditioned by their past that they can't see what God is calling them into. And, and so 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 faith works. Faith works by love. Galatians five and six says faith works by love. Now when I first read Galatians five and six. Because I was conditioned to live a certain way, and I taught faith, faith, faith for years, and I preached faith, but I didn't have an understanding of God's grace, then what happened was, I remember one time, uh, Pastor Carlos, I was in Iraq, I was pastoring the gospel service, and I had this uh, Bible study, we had a, a Saturday night service called Saturday Night Live. And, and all the, the Ugandans uh, uh, that, that were the gay guards, they couldn't come on Sunday. So they came on Saturday night. And we would have about 250 Ugandans on Saturday night. And my God, these, they wanted to do praise and worship for like 50 minutes and give me like 20 minutes for the word. I'm like, that, you know, that, that ain't going to work. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but you know, but they, they love to praise. But anyway, uh, then on Sunday morning we had service. And then on Monday night we had this Bible study. And I invited this guy. To, from from uh, the JNCC, the Joint Network Control Center in Iraq, I invited him. I said, hey, come check out my Bible study, man. I was like, you know, I was pretty proud of it and everything. So he comes out. We had a good crowd that night, and I'm teaching, and the Bible study was called Living by Faith. And so I'm teaching faith, and I'm teaching, like, you know, I decree, I declare, I command, I receive, I'm standing on the word, I'm going to have what I say, all of these, and you know, I'm, what I was taught, you know, I'm, I'm standing on scriptures, I got scriptures on my mirror, I got scriptures everywhere, you know what I'm saying, I got stuff, you know, hey, glory, and, and so I'm, I'm like speaking all this stuff, and then I'm teaching it, and when I was done, I saw him the next day, I said, hey man, you was at Bible study, he said, yeah, I said, how was the Bible study, he said, well, can I be honest with you? And you know, when people say that, oh, you don't, hey, 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 <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, let me prepare myself, you know? I said, sure, what's up? He said, um, well, I heard a lot of you last night, but I didn't hear a lot of God. I said, what? I said, God, please don't let me get offended. If there's a lesson here, I want to learn it. And God said, no, there's a lesson here. I knew I was wrong, but I didn't know how I was wrong. He said, no, what I heard was you say, we can have this and we can have that and we can decree and we can declare and we can get scriptures and then in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every thought be established and we stand on this word and we call and we pray and we do and we say and all of that. There's a lot of you but I didn't hear a lot of God. And so I knew I was wrong but I, I didn't understand how. It was in 2012. That was in 2009. It wasn't until three years later in 2012 that I started to hear about the grace of God and I started to study the grace of God. And the more I got into the grace of God, the more that I realized that it wasn't that I was incorrect, but my understanding was incomplete. And it's hard to, 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 to teach or believe faith if you don't understand grace. And so, so, so it was the understanding because, so, so I had this understanding, I'm not talking about nobody else, I'm just talking about me, right? So Pastor Carlos, I had this understanding that when I release my faith, when I decree, I declare, I fast, I sow a seed, I'm doing all of this, then when I'm releasing my faith, I believe God is going to give it to me because I put the faith, therefore he's going to give it to me because I release my faith. I'm a faith man. Look at your neighbor say faith man. High five somebody, faith man, right? So that's what I believe. And then once I started studying the grace of God, I realized, understood, I got a better level of understanding that I'm not even authorized to release my faith until I figure out what God already gave me from the foundations of the world. His revelation is the authorization for my faith. Jesus said, John 5 and 19, John 5 and 30, he said, watch this, I only say 
those things I hear my father say. I only do those things I see my father do. He says, if you see me do something, it's because I already saw it. If you see me do something, I'm only doing it because I saw it. And the revelation was my authorization to do it. And if I don't have the revelation, I'm not authorized to do it. So it's not that I get to tell God what to do. Faith is not me telling God what to do because then that would be like the tail wagging the dog. And, and, and we, we were, at least me, I'm not talking about nobody else. I'm just talking about me, right? And so, so, so we were so crazy. We took it so far where, 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 where I heard people say, I command God. In Jesus' name. No. So I had to learn. I had to understand. So, so now I'm just like, oh, snap. So when I was under that understanding, Galatians 5 and 6 to me meant faith works by love meant my faith is going to work when my love walk is right. So, so, so for my faith to work, I need to, I need to walk in love. For my faith to work, I need to be right with everybody. I need to, I need to love everybody because if I don't love you right, then my faith is not going to work and it's going to mess up my prayer life. And, and so I got this thing on my refrigerator. And so, so I, I don't want to mess up that thing on my refrigerator. So let me make sure I love everybody, right? And that was too much emphasis on me. And so when you live like that, that really you don't even realize it, but you're being religious. You, need, you don't even realize it, but the, but the spotlight and the emphasis is on you. And when you're religious, the devil can manipulate you. Because then the devil can get you over into guilt and shame and condemnation. Because when you do something wrong, the devil then comes in and say, you see, you're not worthy. Like I was saying, in the first service, let's say, for example, uh, uh, you, you get a call. You're about to come in here and uh, uh, pastor... Pastor Andres asked you to come for the prayer service, and y'all coming in, and y'all know you're about to pray. And you know that you're on the list. Like, you know, there's a list of people praying, and I'm number three on the list. And so, so you come over here, but right when you're getting up to the parking lot, your crazy cousin call you. Right? Because, you know, everybody, every family has one. Some families have two. And so, so your crazy cousin call you, and then you look at the caller ID, and you know you shouldn't answer that phone. Like, you know, like, mm. But for whatever reason, you swiped and you answered the phone. And then now you talk to your crazy cousin and she got on your last nerve. How you know it's your last nerve? I don't know. But she got on your last one. And, and when she got on your last nerve, now you don't you went off on her. You said some things that are unlawful for men to say. And now you're in the parking lot of Revive and the devil says, you can't go in there. You're number three on the list. You can't pray. You just went off on your cousin. You're not worthy to pray. Let me help you out. You were not worthy before the phone call. You got to be delivered from performance-based religion. You were, you, were not, you were not worthy. When the devil says to me, you're not worthy, I say, you know I'm right. You right. You so right. You so I got over that a long time ago. I, I, I am who I am by the grace of God. Has nothing to do with me. My righteousness is not established in me. My righteousness is established in Jesus. It is for him that I live and I move and I have my being. So the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Galatians and he's writing this book to believers in Galatia. And in Galatia, he's now, he's called to minister to people that were non-Jews. But in this church, there was a few people that used to be Jews. Say used to be. 
And they used to be Jews. And so, so because they used to be Jews, that, that they, they are born again, but they're trying to bring tradition with them. They're born again, but they're trying to bring like, like the rules and the regulations from the law over into the new covenant. And so they're saying to people now, all the men, hey, we got men's ministry, y'all, on the Sabbath. All the men, hey, all the men come up here real quick. Uh, uh, we got we to gotta meet up here. And then all the men come. Hey, listen, I didn't want to say this in front of the ladies, but, but, but all the men that are circumcised go stand over here. And then they do, right? And obviously these people used to be Jews. And the rest of, okay, you guys that are not circumcised, y'all need to get circumcised with no anesthesia. The devil is a liar. Jesus is the Messiah. It's like, we're going to take a flint stone and sharpen it. Oh, Jesus. No, no, we ain't doing that. But, 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 but they did it. And, and they were making men get circumcised. Grown men, they were making them get circumcised as part of the men's ministry. This happened in the Bible, y'all. And Paul got upset. And Paul says, listen. If you're taking on circumcision, if you think that you're right by some physical thing, then obviously you don't understand the grace of God. In chapter 4, he said, listen, you have fallen from grace. Falling from grace has nothing to do with losing your salvation. Falling from grace means that I'm no longer relying on the grace of God. I'm relying on human performance. I'm relying on myself to be right with God. He says, you have fallen from grace. So, chapter 5, verse 6, faith worketh by love. The Bible says, now neither circumcision nor uncircumcision doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is faith, and faith works by love. So it can't be that Paul was saying, your faith is going to be strong when your love walk is strong. No, no, because then the emphasis would be on you. No, what Paul was saying is, your faith will be strong not when you love God in a perfect way your faith will be strong when you realize that God loves you in a perfect way faith works when you are convinced that God loves you faith works when you are convinced that God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good well faith works when when God did that thing for my mom and, and, and and it was because God just wanted to bless my mom God will go out of his way to do things for you and then you then you realize that God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because he thinks about you that's why the angels walked up to God and said hey God can I holler at you real quick what's up what's up he said hey what is man that thou art mindful what is what is what is what is this man thing how come you're always thinking about them God God gets up in the morning and he thinks about you he loves you he wants to bless you he wants you to become the man or the woman that you're destined to be he wants you to maximize your purpose and potential but you can never get it on that level if you are too focused on yourself if you start focusing on okay God how am I going to do it okay God what do I need to do okay God listen I'm not saying that you don't do works no, but you don't work for grace. You work by grace. There's a revelation of a difference. So I'm not working to earn the grace of God. I'm working by the grace of God. And when I work by the grace of God, I, I take on no pressure to perform. So now I'm not taking on any pressure. I, now I can walk into rooms where nobody looks like me. 
I can walk into rooms where they say I'm not qualified to, uh, to be in there. I can walk into rooms where, 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 where I don't have the education or the experience, but God gives me a download. God gives me wisdom, insight, revelation, knowledge, and understanding from above, and I can operate, and I speak with the tongue of the learned. Why? Because I'm taking on no pressure to perform, and it's not about me, and it's all about him, and so now I know that my faith works because God loves me. This is the Apostle John I shared this morning in the first service. The Apostle John, I love, uh, the Apostle John, you got to think like John thinks. He was writing his gospel, and he would say, hey, Andrew did this, right? And, and then Matthew did that, and then, then Peter did this, and then the one Jesus loved walked into the room. And every, every time he said, the one Jesus loved, or oh, this was the disciple that Jesus loved, he was talking about himself. He was like, hey, I'm God's favorite. Look at somebody say, I'm God's favorite. No, 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 I'm, I'm God's favorite. Say, I'm God's favorite. I don't know about you, but I'm God's favorite. So, so I'm the favorite child. I'm the favorite son. And so you got to see yourself like God's favorite. Now, when you know that God loves you and you're God's favorite and God thinks about you and God wants to bless you and it's not about you and it's not about your education, it's not about your experience, it's not about your connections, it's not, not about who you know or who you don't know. It's all about knowing him. And when you get your life to him and put all your everything I am and everything I'm not, it all belongs to you. I can now live by faith. Because my faith is rooted and grounded in this reality. What's the reality? God loves me with an everlasting love. Listen, when I was religious, anybody was raised religious other than me? All right. All right, good. I got some religious people. Say, say we were delivered. All right, we were delivered from religion. And so, so when I was religious, this is what happens. When I was religious, my expectation from God was based on my perceived level of performance towards God. Let me say that again. My, my expectation from God was based on my perceived level of performance towards God. And so like, like, I, uh, uh, like my mom, uh, my mom's friends, we do like missionary work in the Dominican Republic, and you guys are part of that work. Let's give God some praise for that revive. We have a church in the DR. We have a school in the DR. We do a lot of things. We feed prisoners. We feed, uh, uh, you know, we do a lot of things from a, from a sharing the love of God perspective. And people say to my mom, they say to my mom, ooh, your son, he's, he has to go to heaven because he does all them works. He does those works. La obra, mucha obra. He has to be saved. He has to go to heaven because he's doing works. And I say, yeah, I'm going to heaven. But it has nothing to do with works. I mean, so, so, so you got to be delivered from performance-based religion to where you're not, you're not doing, watch this. I don't do works to be saved. I do works because I'm saved. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it to go to heaven. I'm doing it because I'm going to heaven. And so I know I'm born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. So me going to heaven, that's like, I forgot about that a long time ago. That's a, that's a done deal. I got, I, I got a reservation number. But, but now, now what I'm talking about is now, I'm, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? I got to get out of me. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 10, God made us a new creation in Christ Jesus. God made us what we are so that we could spend the remainder of our days doing the good works that God had before ordained for us to do. So there are some good works that I'm supposed to do. There's some good works. Say this. Say, I have work to do. There's work that you're supposed to be doing. In 2 Timothy 1 and 9, the Bible says God saved us and called us. 
with a holy calling so that your life could be about something that's bigger than you, not about you. It's all about him. Watch this. He saved us and called us, the Bible says, with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace. So he gave us a purpose and the grace for the, for the purpose. He gave us an assignment and the grace for the assignment. And the Bible says he gave us both in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Say, I'm not a mistake. Say, I'm not a mistake. I'm on this planet because God sent me here. I'm on this planet because, because God deployed me to this planet at just the right time. I was born when I was born. I was born where I was born because of why I was born. I, I, have, a, I have a tailor-made assignment. I have an individual purpose, and I only have the grace to be me. And so watch this. Because I know who I am and I know who I'm not, I can celebrate the diversity of giftings and callings without jealousy. I can celebrate you and what God called you to do, and I don't have to do what God called you to do, and you don't have to do what God called me to do. Like, because religious people say religious. Not people in Revive, but religious people. You know, you've been around them, right? So not here, not here, but other churches, right? Where religious people, they, they, they try to guilt you into things. Hey, Brother Pina, Brother Pina, come here. What's that? Hey, we feeding the homeless on Saturday. You, want, you coming? No, no, I'm not going to be here. Well, you know, you know what Jesus said. I was hungry, and you fed me. If you don't feed the homeless, you ain't doing what Jesus said. Oh, my God. All right, well, it, it, all right, cool. I'll talk to you later. Then you take three steps. Hey, Brother Pena, come here for a minute. Hey, hey, we going to the jail on Tuesday night. You going to the jail? No, I ain't going to the Well, you know what Jesus said. I was in prison, and you visited me. If you don't visit the prison, you ain't doing what Jesus said. Like, uh, okay. See, see, when you know who you are, you know what you're called to do, then you don't have to be pressured to do something. When you, when you know who you are, when you know what you have the grace to do, your heart is in it. Nobody has to ask you. You're, you're like here. And then watch this. You know what you're called to do. You know what you're not called to do. And you're not trying to pressure anybody. You're not trying to put your assignment on somebody else. No, no. You can celebrate the giftings and the callings without jealousy. Hey, you go feed the homeless. I got you, man. Let me sow a seed. You go preach in jail. I got you, man. Let me sow a seed. I will celebrate you. I will pray with you. I will believe God with you. But listen, I'm not going to pressure you to be something that you're not you got to be at peace with who you are and that's how faith works faith works when you know that God loves you with this unconditional love and the last thing as I close let me tell you when you are convinced that God loves you you can believe what God believes about you because the love of God is without limits and because the love of God is without conditions it is unconditional there's nothing you can do. Say this. Say, say, I cannot disqualify from something I never qualified for. I mean, like, I mean, like, how can I just say, hey, God called me from the foundations of the world. I never qualified. And so, so it's not like I had to check the box. So how can I disqualify myself from something I never qualified for? So, God, I accept it. Everything I am everything I'm not. It all belongs to you. When you get to this point where you understand faith works by love, you can actually believe what God believes about you. You can look in the mirror and say, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. 
1 John 4 and 17 says, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. But verse 16, a lot of people quote verse 17. Pastor Jeannie, but they don't quote verse 16. Verse 16 says, I'm going to be able to stand before God on the day of judgment with confidence. I don't know about you, but when I was religious and people would say day of judgment, I would go, ooh. Because when you're religious, you think about the day of judgment. Stand before God. Ay, Dios mío. Tenga misericordia. Por favor, déjame entrar. Verse 16 says, no, I'm going to stand before God on the day of judgment with confidence. Verse 17, because as Jesus is, so am I in this world. You can't do that if you're religious. If there's somebody in here right now that's religious, that bothered you what I just said. Because you cannot stand before God with confidence if you think about yourself. Because you're not that good. You're not that good. You're not that good. You got to get over it. You will never be good enough for what God called you to do. There's two aspects of God's grace. In one aspect, I do nothing. I can't do anything. It's like God just does all the work. God causes people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help me in ways that I cannot help myself. People go out of their way. People call me to bless me. People call me to speak life into me. God put you on my heart. People just go out of their way to bless me. That's the grace of God. That's one aspect of God's grace where I do nothing. But then there's another aspect of God's grace where I can do all things. In one aspect, I do nothing. God does everything. In the other aspect, God says, okay, now, son, daughter, you are empowered. Now you're going to go do what you could never do without me. You're going to go, and it's my super on your natural. I am partnered with you. Without God, we cannot. But without us, God will not. God is looking for you. To say yes. Faith says yes to God's grace. So when you understand that faith works by love, you open your heart. That's what we're about to do. You open your heart to the love of God on a level that you finally can see yourself the way that God sees you. You can believe what God believes about you. And you walk with uncommon confidence, uncommon favor, because your confidence is not based in you. Your confidence is based in him. I serve a God who cannot fail. I serve a God who cannot lie. Everything God has spoken over my life shall come to pass before I die. Say amen to that. I will become who God called me to be. Everything I see in my prayer closet has to come to pass. Watch this, because Pastor, Pastor Andres, when God shows me something in my prayer closet, and it's like he's pulling back the curtain so I can see, he, watch this, he can't reveal something that's not there. 
the fact that he's showing it to me, it means it's already there. So it's not like it, it won't, well, maybe it'll happen, maybe. No, 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 no. God showed it to me. It has to happen. God cannot lie. If God called this stage blue, it would have to turn blue. God can't lie. You know what I'm saying? And so, so God showed it to me. It has to come to pass. Let's stand all over the building. I'm talking to somebody that God has showed you some things that you haven't seen yet. God has been ministering to you. God has been working with you. God has been tugging at your heart. God has been trying to get you to believe on another level. And you've been, you've been putting blocks on God. You've been saying, God, but why me? God, I can't think on that level. God, why would you ever want to do that through me? And you can't believe it because you can't see it because there's too much of you in the way. If that's you and God is speaking to you today, to open up your heart on another level run to the altar come to the altar now i'm gonna pray over you god is opening doors for you god is god is tearing down walls for you god is moving on your behalf you're believing you're gonna believe on another level you're gonna receive on another level you're gonna open up your heart to god on another level you're gonna run like you've never run before you're gonna operate in faith like you've never operated in faith before but it's not gonna be about you it's gonna be all about him say amen to that I'm going to let them sing for a minute, and then we're going to pray. calling you to do some things in the business world and you're timid you haven't filed for you haven't filed your the incorporation papers you haven't gotten started you're even afraid to tell people about it because what God is showing you is way bigger than anything that you've imagined so that's one group that's one group of people that I'm going to ask you to come and then the other one is you know specifically what God told you. But you've been making excuses because you say you're not ready. And basically what you're doing is you're thinking too much about you and not enough about God. And God is saying like this is, listen, just everything you are, everything you're not, just lay it here at the altar. If that's you, any one of those two places, 
They're going to keep singing. I need you to hurry up and come up here, and then we're going to pray. Everybody at the altar, I want you to look at me real quick. God's assignment for you is a blessing. It's not supposed to be a burden. If you think too much about yourself, it's going to become a burden. Oh God, how can I? Oh God, when will I? Oh God, but how can I? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't Listen, God can do more with you once you get started. Stop making excuses. It's time to get started. Put everything you are and everything you're not, put it in God's hands. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. God is not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get something to you. But there's too much of you in the way. Oh, God, but you don't know. Oh, God, but listen, God knows everything. Stop. Stop thinking about yourself. And just give it all to God. Lift up your hands. Father, I thank you for releasing a fresh outpour of your grace. Father, there's a level of grace and anointing and favor that's being poured out at the altar here. I declare even now that, that there's a level of surrender and yieldedness that is happening in these hearts that haven't happened on this level. And as they give themselves over to you and as they get out of the way, burdens are removed yokes are destroyed weight is falling off of you i declare that this heaviness that you came to the altar with you're not going to walk away with it you're going to walk away light you're going to walk away free you're going to walk away excited and you're going to get started on this journey you're going to believe what god believes about you because god loves you you will live by faith because you know you know your faith works because of God's love so father I thank you for shifting some things around on the inside and now that they're getting ready on the inside it's only a matter of time before you manifest it on the outside in Jesus name say amen give God some praise those of you at the altar look at me for a minute God cannot release the blessing externally until you are ready internally. You must be processed to be able to carry the weight of the anointing that is associated with the assignment. God has an assignment for you and you know the assignment is great, but until you're ready for it on the inside, God can't move things around on the outside because if he did it, then what was supposed to be a blessing will be a burden. So God has to process you on the inside. But here's the, this is one thing I've learned. Once you get ready on the inside, then get ready. Let me say that again. Once you get ready, then get ready. Because it's only a matter of time. 
Amen? Let's get excited. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. God loves you, and God wants to do what he wants to do in your life because he loves you. Let's give God some praise for Pastor Andres as he comes.